All right then, gentlemen. Are we ready? I'm Spartacus. To rumble. I want to be Spartacus. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of Geek Fanthology. I'm Neil. Joined this week by Mike. The one true Ben. And I'm Wookie. Yeah, uh, so. Sorry, I'm a little disjointed. Um, my microphone's doing weird things, but whatever. It's hopefully recording properly. That's all that we care about. If not, we'll cut something and you won't hear this. Uh, so. Be roll. <laughs> Something like that. Alright, so, this week, um, well, a couple weeks back, actually, on uh, the Geek Anthology Facebook page, which everyone here should be following, if you're not, we're at facebook.com slash working theory, I put up a question. Um, apparently the New York Post did a story about uh, how apparently millennials don't really care about classic movies. And I asked the internet whether this was worth uh, this was worth refuting or not. And due to an overwhelming fan response, we are going to do an episode on this now. Greatest fan response we've gotten from anything. One person commented. Isn't this our first poll? Shut up, Ben. <laughs> you and your logic. My righteous indignation will remain righteous and indignant. Damn it, Ben. Huh? Damn it, Ben. Actually, I've been saying damn it, damn it, Billy a lot. But first, um, but first, uh, this week in Geek, as well as Spoiler of the Week, and a new little segment that I'm going to give you while I've been playing the game, but we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, so, uh, Gamescom happened. That's the big news this week in Geek. A lot of games got announced. Some of them look good. Most of them look like pre-rendered trailers with no gameplay. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the, the old bullshot. They would never do that. Yeah. Um, for, few, for full coverage of Gamescom, ask someone else. Because yeah. <laughs> we're not doing it. Go to YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, aside from that, um, in other gaming news, uh, a, a uh, what you call it? An expansion for XCOM 2 dropped, which I am now excited about because I bought XCOM 2 on Saturday, and it's really, really, really good. Siren Call of the Free Weekend. <laughs> I didn't play during the free weekend. I'd been I'd, I'd actually... XCOM 2 had been on my Steam wish list for, like, a year. But I still on sale, though. Yeah. Right. But it was on sale for 50% off, so I was like, okay, now is the time. <laughs> Skin flint. <laughs> Broke-ass person. Same thing. Uh, anybody else have any good... I played the first one and loved it. Anybody else got any news? Well, so um, Bethesda is doing Creators Club for Skyrim. Hey, and, mods! Yeah. Um, microtransaction mods, or microaggression mods. Uh, Fallout, you mean? He's at Skyrim. And Fallout. Oh, they're doing it for... Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah, Skyrim. Skyrim, Skyrim too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, went live on the 28th um, for PC and consoles. Yep. Um, you can buy them with points and you get a free 100 points. Mm -hmm. um, also, um, 
Well, um, personally, I've been watching Smallville this week, trying to get into the mood for writing Prom Night, you mm -hmm. know, because team, Smallville seem... And, you know, watching Michael Rosenbaum play Lex Luthor, compared to Lex Luthor from Super Orphan Fight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg. Who's normally is, pretty good. There is just no comparison. Wrong! <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I couldn't resist. Uh, yeah, I think there's Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor, who... I liked Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor. Yeah, I, I enjoyed like, it as well. Who, One who of the took, good things from that movie. Yeah. Yeah, who took um, Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor... And gave it his own little spin. Yeah, and, and evolved it, and evolved yeah. it. Stood on Gene Hackman's shoulders and took it, took it up a, a, a you know. Yeah, it, seemed like, it seemed like a little more malicious, mm -hmm. a little less playful. But Rosenbaum, Still, though, yeah, <laughs> yes, Rosenbaum's sinister. You know, he could do the sinister. I, I would, I wish they had cast him. You know, but instead they cast Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg to be Joker. Um, <laughs> yeah, to, Joker's be, to be the Joker, Lex Luthor. Yeah, I. I don't dis. I think. I think actually, honestly, Jesse Eisenberg would be really great as a Joker. It was more like someone doing an impression of the Joker. Or the Riddler happened to be like. Um, yeah. Now the Riddler, I could see. I could see. Yeah. That. Yeah, I, I could see him doing because he's got that slight. You know, because Jesse Eisenberg, if yep. you were to do his acting alignment, it would be neutral snipe. Well, yeah, the the smarmy, <laughs> sarcastic, know-it-all like that's the Riddler. Yeah, so yeah. and he frequently plays the character who. Carries himself and looks like he knows he's smarter than you. So right. Yeah. So yeah, just comparison, you know, comparison and contrast. Oh wow, yeah, that track real quick. So sort of. no, that's that's you know geeking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So Wookie and I were talking on the way over to uh, outside of gaming. Are we? But are we still? Are we still on gaming? For yeah, it's you? geek in general. It's geek in general. What's going on? Okay. Well. Um, which one do you want, uh, the arm or the the villain? The arm, because <laughs> it made me excited. <laughs> okay, so uh, rumor has it uh, that well, first of all, Daredevil season two or season three mm -hmm. um, has put out a um, cat or a character breakdown mm -hmm. uh, for someone who sounds a lot like Sin Eater. Fun, yeah. So there is that. Also, they're um, they're hinting that in Punisher that we're going to see another uh, another uh, Marvel character. And I'm trying to remember who that was. Did you see that one? Um, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's the guy that was introduced in Jessica. No, not him. Uh, anyways. Um, Obviously, it's they're gonna do they're, the first Punisher se series, and they're gonna do is the uh, series of comics where the Punisher turns black and jo and then joins up with Luke Cage for a while. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real thing. What? Look it up. Wow. There were a series of episodes where, uh, where or episodes comic books where, um, where the Punisher. Uh, underwent plastic surgery to hide his identity for a while and became. It's literally black. a blackface storyline. Yes. Wow. Black everything storyline. Mm -hmm. 
Man, it's like so <laughs> and weird. it's about as cringeworthy as it as you would and, think. And it makes a weird twist sort of sense because the Punisher is like black guns, black shirt, black, black, all black. Well, actually, classic Punisher had the big, bright white boots that totally didn't mesh yeah, with and white Cosmos. gloves and and then that big fucking skull on his chest. You'd think he's like an usher at a fancy movie theater, and then he shoots you in the face. Right. I never really understood so, the glove thing, but but yeah, oh well, yeah, no, it was uh, just. Uh, wow. j- just you I know, can't unknow that now. I know, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, welcome to my world. <laughs> but then, but then, Wookie. Uh, they also released a screenshot from or a picture from the set of Luke Cage season two, which has <sighs> Misty Knight with her brand new cybernetic arm. Ooh. Shocking, no one, but I'm still happy. Yes, yeah. I was never more excited to see somebody lose their arm. Hey, when I, when I saw um, the first. Uh, when I saw the first season of Luke Cage and they did the arm, like, oh, I'm shot in the arm thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're totally like, going to do gonna that. It's going to get infected. like, she's going to lose it. She's going to lose it. <laughs> Everyone is, like, crashing their fingers it, in. Damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so. Also Marvel-related, because um, we've talked about this a couple times, Marvel announced, or somebody announced, what might not have been Marvel, uh, on Jack Kirby's birthday, they released, um, I don't know if it's the last issue or just the latest issue of their Secret Empire storyline. Oh, yeah. Where Cap is all hell Hydra. The real Captain America showed up. And beat the and crap beat the out, shit of out of fascist Yeah, out of Cap fascist Hydra Cap. Cap with Thor's with hammer. With Mjolnir. <laughs> <laughs> the question is... Did they plan that all along, or are they just yeah, like they, they say? Yeah, they say that that was actually the plan from the beginning. Um... Yeah, because Sada... De- no. I, I honestly don't think Marvel... Ha- Sada's not do- that goddamn smart. I don't think Marvel would do that with Cap. I legitimately yeah. would do Kisada, that with Kisada may be the uh, may, may be the the executive over there, but I don't think he was he was directly involved with the with the story planning for Secret They said Empire. they knew it would upset people. They weren't apologetic for it because they knew where it was going. <laughs> yeah. According yeah. to them, yeah. According to them, that's the thing. <laughs> but, <it. laughs> but yeah, because I, I think in this issue, the real Cap showed up, and with Mjolnir, beat the crap out of Hydra Cap. That is a nice touch, though. Him wielding the yeah. hammer. I'm just like, yeah, because that's that's how you know it's Cap. That's like yeah. that's like the ultimate. Of course, fan okay, service. it's Mjolnir. I mean, my God, how how long was that fight? <laughs> you know, not married. Yeah, you know, it's like you tap him once, then lay it on his chest. You're done. It's like that last hit when you're doing a sculpture with the chisel. You know, yeah. just boop, and you're done. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that was a thing. Um, <laughs> Anybody else got anything interesting? Um, I really ought to be start pay, start paying attention more to geek news. Uh, right. We have this segment now. Game of Thrones <laughs> had their season finale. <clears throat> and yep. Unfortunately, yeah, we're gonna have probably eighteen months till season eight. In the meantime, there's that other series that's coming out. Uh, Game of Thrones, evidently. Well, there hasn't been any word on when that's even going to start. They that's all there's yeah. coming yet. You mean yeah. Throne of Games? <laughs> uh, it's a game show. However, Bethesda, this got leaked recently that Bethesda may be working on a Game of Thrones game <clears throat> on the level of Skyrim. Oh, okay. That would be interesting. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Else, so, anything else? What's the spoiler of the week? Uh, spoiler of the week. Four out of the seven Magnificent Seven die. Gasp. 
No way. That's as close to a to a current spoiler as I can get uh, in this thing because we did have that movie that came out last year that was just you know a remake and all. But yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was our first review, wasn't it? It was. No, it was like our second or third review because yeah. our first review. I thought was it was our like, first current thing review. Oh, no, right. no, our cur- first current because Magnificent Seven came out after <clears throat> what? Jeez, uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Oh we, man, you're right. You're right. I think that was the first one we all actually saw together, and then yeah. we did a hot take on with Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was like, hey, we all went and saw the Magnificent Seven. Want to do an episode? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Anybody want to? I think didn't it start is, with me saying, "Who wants to come see the Magnificent Seven with me?" You know, which is a great way of segueing into uh, this week's topic. Uh, yes, but we still got a couple other things we got that we got so we have to sideline the segue. I'm sorry, um, because uh, we still have, we have uh, to segue from the segue. Yeah. Right. What have What have people been geeking out over this week? You've been watching Smallville, Mike. You watched Game of Thrones. Of course, Thrones for Oh my God. So, uh, without, you know, getting into spoiler territory, just say the, um, the, something that was already solidified earlier in the season, they spelled out for the slow kids in yeah, the Yeah, people row, who I couldn't guess. keep up properly, they finally <laughs> just flat out said, bleh. It's kind of like that bit in Spider-Man, where, he, Homecoming, where he's, like, looking at himself in the reflection, and it's yeah. like, okay, I get it, you don't have to beat us over the head with it. <laughs> great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> it's like, yes, we, we understand what the theme is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's a great episode, great season overall. Yeah, um, I don't think it really, I don't think it suffered. If anything, it benefited from just having seven episodes this season. Mm-hmm. Right. They just had a tight narrative that they knew what they were setting up and what they were doing. It was a great season. Yeah. Okay. It was. So they, let, let me see if I if I can spoiler this without spoiling it. There were tits and sex. Someone died. Not and so much. You're half right. Actually, there's more male nudity than female nudity in this one. Okay, so there was Actually, sex. Yeah, you get a you get a butt shot, and it's not the chick. Uh, so not the were, woman. This okay. season actually had less sex than I think any season. Actually, yeah. Well, to be fair, there were three fewer episodes. <laughs> well, even, even, even being said, that being said, it's definitely the least amount of nudity and sex the show's ever had. And less dying. Yeah. More, we're running more. out of characters. <laughs> oh, no, that doesn't stop them, Ben. Trust us. Yeah. But, yeah, the thing is they can just bring someone back to life and then kill them again. Or at least you could say less, uh, less dying of, like... Important actual people. plot characters. There are a lot of like red shirts. Less death of named characters. Yes. Next yes. season's gonna be six episodes, but they're gonna be feature length like Sherlock, where each one's like an hour and a half long. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So also start watching Black Sails. That's a good show. Yeah. Not watch that. That is good. It's um brutal. It's a it's a prequel story to Treasure Island. Oh, fun. It's how the treasure ended up. Mm-hmm. Like how, um, how Captain getting, Flint. Yeah, how Captain Flint uh-huh. and John Silver got the treasure that they ended up hiding on that island. Nice. How how John Silver ended up being a cook. Yes. <laughs> it's all of that story. And ultimately, started a franchise, Long John Silver's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, long, yeah, John Silver. And it's a it's a star series, so like. Game of Thrones is going to be filled with the same type of stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like you've got a, at least one bisexual character, uh, lots of lots of representation across and there's the... There's one character, and I can't remember her name. Um, I first heard about her from playing Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which is the pirate one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but she's like one of the most infamous 
female pirates. I hated the way they portrayed her in Assassin's Creed, but the way they portray her in Black Flag is Black amazing. Sales, yeah. Or, yeah, Black Sail. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it's a great show. I've been geeking out over two things this week. Um, first and foremost, um, I finally watched The Magicians, the first season. Great show. It is really, really good. I need to watch season two. Yeah, so. I, to, I need to. Yeah. I need to find. Yeah, great. Yeah, they've got a great cast for that. I'm mad that season two is not on Netflix yet. Yeah. Um. So, but once it is, yeah, I'm gonna. And, I will, Elliot's just the best. I love Elliot. He's just. He is so out of fucks to give. It is I, not even funny. It's been a while since I watched it. I can't remember which one's Elliot. Um, he's the bisexual alcoholic. Okay. The uh, the one who ends up being... High I don't know. It sounds like it gives uh, a lot of fucks to He's me. the one that, get, that ends up being <laughs> high king of uh, Fillory. Right. Well, I, I know that's a spoiler, but whatever. Fuck it. Um, he's, he's the... Uh, still, I can't remember... He's the one who introduced who meets. Uh, oh wait, he's yeah. When, he's, he's the the when the new kid first comes to the school, he's the one who first greets him. Yep. Yeah. He lives the, in the physical the, kids' cottage. Yeah. He. He's a hedonist of the first order. Yes. <laughs> he he would give hedonism bot a run for its money. Yeah. That's immediately what entered my brain when I heard hedonism. Hedonism bot slathered butter all over his yeah. body. Yeah. Right. Because um, I'm thinking yeah. of the I'm thinking of the other kid that. Uh, my favorite character, and I can't remember his name. He's the uh, the all the one with all the skin. Uh, Penny. Penny. Yes, Penny. The psychic. Yeah. The one who fucking hates everybody. Right. <laughs> well, probably doesn't, but that's the persona. That's the his persona. Uh, yeah, he was just a great character. Yeah. No, that that's the thing about about the magicians. It's a lot of really really great characters. Yeah. That's what I found myself. I mean, really enjoying about it. Yeah. Um, aside from that, the other big thing I've been doing is I've been playing XCOM 2. Um, and I have the tally. <laughs> I am not playing Iron Man mode for my first playthrough, um, so there is so there is no such thing as permadeath in my game. Instead, coming in with the least number of deaths on our team, because I made the entire podcast crew plus the, plus the people that we game with, um... My squad coming in with the fewest deaths is Tiff. She has never died. Um, promise me, you will never die. Second, I promise. I second fewest die. deaths, Mike. Woo. You only died once. Because I am the bench warmer, right? Unfortunately, yes. It's because you're the bench warmer. <laughs> I only have a sl- I only have a slot for uh, for I only have space for six squaddies, and I'm not including. Uh, I didn't even make a character for Tristan and. You're the seventh. Squatty sounds like a new Ben Affleck movie. Uh, coming in with <laughs> second, with uh, next most deaths uh, tied is Wookie and Lacey. Um, with two apiece. Then me with three. Um, <laughs> and then the quantum leap. <laughs> and then Ben with six deaths. No, no. I got seven. Uh, no, my, I was wrong. So what about Billy? Billy, Billy has seven. Billy has seven. Oh, I'm saying Billy now. is one behind you. 
is yeah. so he's he's got he's got one more death than I do. Yes, he forgot how to snipe. He, uh, well, yeah, okay. And, and well, no, that's the, 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 the real problem is, damn it, Billy, <laughs> you need to get your shit together. Right. So the every rules. time anyone else gets shot, you panic, you break cover, you run into the middle of the thing as a goddamn sniper and get your ass killed. And I have to reload a turn and a half back. <laughs> sniper, no sniping. Right. No, no sniper, all sniping. I see what you did there. So, yeah. So, and then I'm your what? Your shotgun dude. You're my shotgun dude. So, what technically is that role actually? That is the ranger. You have the most movement, you've got the shotgun, and you've got the sword. You lead the way and get killed repeatedly. <laughs> Evidently. Well, it, it, I lead the way in deaths. It has something to do with being up in the front lines. Yeah. Um, I'm the psychic. Billy, or Wookie and Tiff are the heavy grenadiers. Uh, Lacey and Michael are the tech ta- specialists. Ta- yeah, are the specialists. <laughs> And then Billy's your sniper. And then Billy's the sniper. And so was um, uh, the the unnamed uh, the the computer generated squad member. Um, I can't remember what her name was. She got killed by a shapeshifter. She got knocked off of a three story building. <laughs> That's a pretty cool way to go, though. Is that part of the uh, cutscene or something? No. It was in a mission. Um, Shit happens, man. You. You three were heavily wounded, so I couldn't take you on a mission. So I had to bring in uh, even more of the B team, which was mostly people that that I didn't create. See, with XCOM, it's a dynamic battlefield where like people can fall off things, and there can be like you know like missile launchers can blow up walls and shit like that. Like it can well, change. Technically speaking, she didn't get knocked off a building. The floor got exploded underneath her. Okay. Kind of splitting hair. Same, but, same verse. So like, second verse. Second when Red first. Faction came out and everyone was like, "Whoa, you can you three, can actually like go up through isn't that bad. and go up through uh, well wall uh, walls and the thing was, ceilings and down through floors." The reason the floor got blown up was because um, the shapeshifter, the I think they're called the I think they're called the faceless. They have this big AOE attack that knocks out some of the floor and all the area around. And they were on top of a third-story building, so she got attacked, and then fell three stories. See, I feel like it's a very inaccurate name because they're quite the opposite of the faceless. They're like every face. Well, when they're not, when when they're no longer looking like a person, they're the question. They well, when they're, they're yeah. <laughs> no. Well, so the faceless come in. I love the question. Faceless come in two varieties: either walking around as a civilian. Or giant monstrosity that it looks like melted silly putty that attacks you. Ah. So. See, I like the question too, and then he pulled the huntress, and then I loved the question. I like mad respect. So yeah, um, XCOM two. I've been playing it. Probably gonna pick up the expansion once I finish the first couple playthroughs. I'm gonna do this playthrough, then I'm probably gonna play through again on Iron Man mode, where you got you all very well might die, and I can't take it back. It's not the fall that kills you, though. It's that sudden stop at the bottom. Indeed. <laughs> and now, with no accurate segue, um, I was drinking a, vat, a vodka cranberry. I'm done with it now. Um, That's what Neil had to drink tonight. Yep. And we're going to go in and talk about old movies uh, after this... Commercial break. Well, if we ever get sponsorships, this is where the commercial break will be. 
And you best believe, if anyone wants to let me sell out, I'll do it. <laughs> um, I do promise this to anyone wondering, oh man, he's going to sell out, we'll just stop listening to him now. I will never advertise a service that I would not pay for. Like, if G2A ever came to me offering me lots of money, I would, I would say no, fuck you. Because G2A is a bunch of scam, uh, scumbag crooks. Wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-flailing tube men. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, Squarespace wants to pay me, I use them. Blue Apron, they feed us. I don't know. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. I'm fine with sponsorships, corporations that are listening to this call to this podcast. Call me. Send me an email. Look me up on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Working Theory. Or on Twitter, at Prod Theory. Have I shilled enough? Okay, good. Going to, going to actual commercial now. Except it's not a commercial, it's music. I gotta say, I love. I bought a battery pack for the microphone, and it, the number hasn't moved at all um, since I initially turned it on. So I'm really happy with it. It was a great little ten dollar purchase. Yeah, and get yourself one of those battery sponsorships. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah well, we are recording and everything. Well, right? Freaking hey! If anybody wants to throw money at me, as long as I'm okay with what you know with what they pedal, I am fine with taking that money. Right. So, but we are recording, right? <laughs> yes, we are recording. Well done there, breaking my clothes pin there, Michael. You owe me a new one now. Can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> Not talking about... Uh, Which is a great millennial joke. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, good times. But yeah, we're talking about millennials don't like classic movies. Supposedly. And, Supposedly. yeah... yeah. For the duration of this of this podcast, Ben is an honorary millennial. No, I'm not. I'm Gen yeah. X, man. Really? Okay. You've, been titles, you've been deputized. Right, because you know, because mm-hmm. titles of the next number are thirteen percent cooler. Yeah. <laughs> you will be known as Millennial X. But yes, um, <laughs> you have a skeleton of adamantium. Oh, speaking of other movies that would be a good that that were randomly Casablanca food fight. Um, Say what? Oh, I see. I saved you there. We were talking about barbed wire before we started recording. Which is very unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, we'll yeah. get those minutes back. Classic yeah. movies. Um, Versus, yeah. The New York Post was defining classic movies as 40s, 50s, and 60s, was that it? Or 30s, 40s, and 50s? 40s, 50s, and 60s. Okay. Yep. Anything that would be usually black and white. Um, or early color. Early color. Yeah. Or has since been colored. Right, and you know, really, I, you can almost take that up into the seventies too. Um, He's at least early seventies. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because I think our think for me the watershed event like uh, is Star Wars. Yeah, I agree. Right. Oh, I mean, seventy-seven. Many people would argue about many of the movies as being classic, but I feel like anything that we, I, I feel like using our good judgment as to what we would consider a 
classic film right. mm-hmm. is not bad. I mean, like... Well, here, let me throw one out at yeah. you. 1975, Jaws. Who's going to sit here and not tell me Jaws is a classic film? Um, yeah. By the definition that they were using, I wouldn't. I, I would actually say it's not a classic film. See, but it's... It's, it's the start of the blockbuster era. My, my concept of... Uh, my concept of, of a classic movie is something pre-blockbuster. But see, I don't think those two have to be mutually exclusive. You can have a movie Jaws. like Jaws that's a, just a really good movie and very influential and it happens to how be the a How much vodka did I put in there? <laughs> Not enough or too much? I'm feeling it, which is surprising. Um, so probably too much. Right. So the reason I would go with... Uh, the reason I, I would another. lean, <laughs> lean uh, into uh, Jaws as a blockbuster... Mm-hmm. Um, you mean a classic? As a classic. No one's arguing that it's a blockbuster. Yeah, as, as a classic. <laughs> and it's not a blockbuster. Um, is because it relied on different things. Yeah. Uh, it relied on heavily, heavily on music. Yes, thank you, John Williams. So yeah, John Williams, freaking genius. Um, oh no! Our battery went from 72 to 71 in the last hour. Oh, my God. Oh, the humanity. Um, anyways, it relied heavily on music. It, really, it was more a character piece. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, if you ever actually look at the shark, the shark looks silly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you know, especially at the end when it's gnawing on, a, yeah. you know, on an air tank. Smile, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Bad. Well, here's the thing. First of all, you don't see much of it anyway. Yeah, no, right. that's, no. that's secondly, what was so great about it. Secondly, spoiler alert, <laughs> the end where it uh, eats the famous shark hunter, that is such a brutal, visceral scene that you can't you can't even notice that the shark is a little bit cheesy. You're yeah. just horrified at the scene as a whole. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and it's so impactful that you can't really be like, oh, I'm going to pick up the fine details of what that fake shark looks most, like. And most of the scenes in the movie that were supposed to be scary, don't, you don't even really see the shark anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the anticipation and the, plus and the music. Plus the music. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I it's relying on floating everything. dead body. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. relying on everything yeah. but the visceral, mm-hmm. you know, torn apart bits and pieces that we mm-hmm. see in later horror movies. Yeah. And I did love how Dan, you're gonna need a bigger boat, um, was a bigger boat. Yeah. Uh, was improvised <laughs> yeah, was when the actor first saw the puppet. So many props to I can't remember who was Roy Scheider. Yeah, Roy Scheider. <laughs> um, who yeah. stayed in character for that shit. Yeah, and Roy I, Scheider was a was a consummate. <clears throat> uh, and pairing him with Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean those are two consummate pros. Mm. Um see and then so that leads us to speaking of Richard Dreyfus, then we have Close Encounters, which I think was blockbuster, but bordering on classic, because it was also a character piece. Mm-hmm. We don't see, spoiler alert, the aliens <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. until uh, the end. Apparently uh, the New York Post, by the way, was talking about specifically the, quote, golden age of cinema, uh, which was right after World War II up until... Up until the sixties. Sixties. So yeah, basically. So yeah, and and this is something I you know in reading I read that article and I read some of the refuting articles. Um, mm-hmm. Now here's what you know as Gen X, um, you know, because um, I refuse to be Gen Y because why not? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, you mean not why? Yeah, you well, <laughs> No, I'm not why. Why not? Um, anyways. 
There is also a difference in content. Yeah. Uh, access. Gen X, I mean, back in my day, uh, <laughs> um, you, your access was whatever was on three channels. Yeah. yeah. You know, 10 if you had, uh, you know, if you had UHF. <laughs> you know. Plus whatever you could see in the cinema. Yeah, and again, you were still, you know, you were still, the, the big massive cineplexes hadn't been built yet. Um, you know, and you could define a movie by the number of times you had actually seen it in the cinema. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where we get this whole, uh, the, in, the running in-joke of the, uh, of the, during the podcast of the B-roll. Mm-hmm. The B-roll was the movie that you played after the movie you went to see. Right. Mm-hmm. And you still had the, and, which, because you stayed to watch that movie. Well, it was then, the B movie. Yeah. And, and you, and then there was, you know, so you're, you're, you watched what was on. And even in early cable, you watched what was on. You scheduled around what was on. So, you know, there was not as much. And then with the advent of HD and high, you know, and better special effects and things like that, yeah, there's this quantum leap between... Um, good series. Uh, <laughs> uh, Except for the ending. Uh, yeah. Um, there, there's this, this jump, this quantum leap between the... You had, well, you had the, the classic era, which ended in the 60s, when we started to get um, color film and... An ice cube for this. Um, and then you had the blockbuster era, which started in the 70s. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, then you get into the modern era, you know, where we get more horror films and we start relying more on special effects. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, the structure, like the, the premise, or at least the way they might advertise or, you know, kind of frame the article, is the whole, like, young people don't appreciate classic things. And it's like, Okay, so the context is, now that there's so much more choice, mm-hmm. you don't have to dig back 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 35 mm-hmm. years to get more stuff. Right. You, have, I have... you have dozens or hundreds of channels, you have the internet, you have all this stuff, so there is an overwhelming amount of current content, yeah. let alone classic stuff. And I'm I've... sure you're going to mm-hmm. look at some classic stuff, but I mean, you only have seven hours in the day, I feel. And I think I have the perfect response here. As I thought, as I was thinking about it, if I can get this damn page to load properly, because um, I'm gonna, I'm going to address the person who wrote this article. Mm-hmm. Um, if my computer phone will stop being shut up. Um, loading. Yeah, there's a certain irony to the millennial trying to refute the person's article, but then his modern technology won't work in order for him to... <laughs> there, there is something to that, yes. Well, I'm loading it in my browser as a post on Facebook so it doesn't uh, die. It's so, funny. It's... SWNS. Who the fuck are you, SWNS? You're not even a person. <laughs> um, but here this is my really response to you. I've got a good mind to join a club and beat you over the head with it. (laughs) Which is a Groucho Marx line. (laughs) So, uh, I was earlier and then just now I was looking up on Wikipedia of uh, 
the obviously they don't have specific definitions of Gen X and Millennials or Gen Y, but there's a little bit of overlap of what they consider to be the birth years for both. Right. And for for me, there's a I'm right in the middle of the overlap. So you're like the middle of a Venn diagram, essentially. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> I'm on the end edge of Gen X and the beginning of Gen Y. It's a good so one. I'm like Gen X Y. <laughs> Essentially, um, but they keep changing the parameters, which is well. That's because, as Adam Conover said in a, not actually in an episode of uh, of Adam ruins everything, but in a uh, presentation he gave right. to a marketing association. Generations don't fucking exist. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because when the fir- when they first started throwing around the term millennial, I looked it up and it was eighty five to ninety nine. Yeah. Right. Well, where and... we where we tend to get this is from the baby boom. Yeah. Yeah. Because you had a whole bunch of people, you know, you had a, you had a lot of people die, mm-hmm. and you had a lot of soldiers coming back from the war horny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of babies. Forty GIs coming back. Well, um, can you blame them? Well, yeah, no. Um, and what it really is is just technology changes, and uh-huh. as technology changes, media changes, uh-huh. media changes, content changes, and it's going to change what people yeah. have access but to. But we're not here to discuss millennials. We're here to discuss why millennials don't watch classic movies. Right. Or do we? Right. Or do um, well, we do? Okay, yeah. now, when, you, when, you're, when you're, again, I think one of the things we pointed out was so much content. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, we are at the point where... More people can make movies than ever before. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I mean, Netflix, which started off as a DVD rental service through the mail, is now making their own movies. Making their own series. For that yeah. matter, YouTube. YouTube. Oh, yeah. The production yeah. qualities on some YouTube videos are yeah. out of this Amazon freaking world. Is making their own stuff now. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I remember, you know, I mean. Uh, again, going back to back in my day, um, in order to make a good film, you know, because we, we, we dabbled with it, uh, mm-hmm. some of my friends of mine and I, um, and in order to make a good film, you, you know, first of all, you had to film it, then you had to physically, you know, cut it and edit it if you, mm-hmm. wa- if you wanted to edit it, you know. And, and when we say cut it, you mean with razor blades. Yeah, with razor blades. And then you had to frame by fucking frame add in whatever special effects. Yep. You know, and it's just like people wonder why special effects in like black and like the vo- the 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 uh, Fantastic Voyage of Sinbad looks so. I it actually here's the thing the stop motion like the the stop motion the Hydra and the and the rock and all that looked crazy good for the time. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, you, you take you take pioneers like Mike Jitlow, yeah, uh, who you know, who took and created entire films with stop motion for less than ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars in his mother's garage. Yeah. Necessity is the mother and of invention. Now we have we have fan films uh, of like lightsaber fights right. that are better than the movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can make it a matter of hours better choreographed. or it took Jitla days. Better choreographed, but even some of the uh, actual lightsaber effects are yeah. at least as good as what's in the movies and they're doing it without the budget. Yeah. Right, because, yeah, they're not trying to do it with rotoscoping and shit like that. But, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's the thing. It's just, and it's taking hours instead of days. 
right. and weeks and months to get that done. Right. I mean, we well, are in the... Um, as someone who, quote-unquote, does editing for YouTube videos, mm-hmm. even though my editing is the it, it is slap a still image over audio for an hour and a half. By the way, our YouTube page is www.workingtheoryproduction. It is uh, youtube.com slash workingtheory. Um, but... Um, Please like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, but <laughs> um, that shit doesn't it is not it, that that shit that I do mm-hmm. takes about ten minutes, and I do nothing. Actual video editing still takes hours. The problem is, it would it takes hours today is what would previously take weeks to months to maybe a year. Exactly. Um, it's by no. I, I just. I just want to make sure that no one here thinks that you are belittling the work of video editors because. No. No. Well, it's yeah, not no. praising the technology. It's not, yeah, yeah, it's not belittling the work. It's the fact that the technology is so readily yeah. available that kids are able to do now what Lucas was having a hard time figuring out how to do in the 70s. Well, actually, and, and I want to. I want to go back to something like that because as a self-published author. Kids are able to pursue that passion. Yeah. That used to, you had to spend, you know, you had to have a lot more money to do because you had to get your film developed and you, you know, and all that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you've got the tools are more readily available to allow people to pursue those passions, and so more and more are doing it. Yep. It's yeah. a really interesting discussion, but we're kind of getting way off in the weeds here. Yeah, well, this, let's go back to here's, 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 here. here's how this applies. As a as a creator, we can make high def, higher quality films than Hollywood used to be able to make with entire crews. Yeah. So yeah, millennials are are exposed to. Um, Trying to think of it, millennials are exposed to diamonds without ever seeing ore. Well, that does uh, bring an, an interesting um, point to it in that uh, one could argue <clears throat> there's less um, consumption of older uh, classic if it's actually good. I guess that's the distinction between just being old and being classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, content, there are a lot of old movies that right. that, uh, that Mystery Science Theater 3000 will take care of for a- Exactly. Yeah. Exhibit A. Yeah, Exhibit A. So, I, I was going to say, you know, it, it, it feels to me like there's so much more creation and sharing of content that that takes up so much time and effort and interest, whereas before, when you didn't have, like you were saying, the tools of technology, the access, the affordability, etc., then people weren't creating their stuff nearly as mm-hmm. much or sharing it or, you know, uh, obviously podcast didn't exist. Uh, the internet yeah. didn't exist in general. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that weren't even a thing back then. You didn't yeah. have these options, so there weren't... Yeah. It's not so much that there's less interest in older things necessarily. I, I, I just feel like there's just not enough hours in the day and everything is so diffused now. And mm-hmm. in some senses, um, you do see the influence of older things um, in the creation of the new content because okay. people will you know people will uh, watch movies based on their parents recommendations or whatever and they, everyone has their own little context mm-hmm. and what they consider classic what they grew up with and yeah, everything right. so then a you lot see of movies that, that, that I saw that a lot create. of movies that, that I saw which are from the golden age of, of cinema I've seen because 
my dad is a big, he's not a movie buff, but he's a big movie fan. Yeah. He's seen yeah. a lot of movies, and it's like, I love this movie when I was your age, you should watch it with me. A cinephile? Uh, about 75 to 80% of the time he's right. Yeah. The other 20%, I fall asleep. <laughs> that was one of the things I was going to touch on, is that a lot of times... You can't have your glasses back, Ben. They're mine. They belong <laughs> to my floor and my couch. Ha! Uh, I've defeated you. Curses. Four of the most, most people that I've met that have not seen older movies, it's because their parents never introduced them. Yeah, they weren't... They, right. Yeah. 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 So once again, the parents are, the, are to blame. Right. In a way, yeah. Or to not, praise. And it's not like it's the parents' responsibility to introduce kids to old movies, because it's not. But, right. I mean, that is how most people learn to like the things they like, is because their parents introduced them to it. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's just a fact of life. It's not a value judgment one way or the other. I mean, it's just like... Yeah, no, I, I just like blaming parents, like, <laughs> like, like, my parent, like my parents' generation. Well, I, mean, I got animals. mad at my... I discovered Star Wars when I was 12. I got so mad at my dad that he had never told me about it. I started telling him about it, and he goes, yeah, there's three of them. It's like, you never freaking told me about these things? It's like it's like as a kid finding that there's, like, candy stash in the house and you were not informed. Yeah. You're yeah. like, what the hell? Yeah. Okay, now, there's something else, too, that I've seen kind of come full circle. Um, with the classics, one thing we don't see is that a lot of these classic movies had two reels. The... the uh... Uh, the roll and the B-roll? Well, they had two or are you reels. talking about the newsreel and the no, film reel? No, the, the full movie. Remember, you mean even the whole intermission okay. thing? Intermission, yes. I have a perfect segue for that. Patton. Mm-hmm. There is still an intermission. If you look at the, the VHS version, there's an intermission. It's on two tapes. Uh, <laughs> and even into the... Like, the Ten Commandments. The, also yeah. has the intermission. Or so see, yeah. all the old... And, and so... Or for that matter, Monty Python and Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was more for effect. Yeah, it? well, partially, but well, <laughs> the point still, being is that it's the around that era. That it was is. when you know you got to the end of the, of of real one. Mm-hmm. You had intermission. That was when you went out and you got your popcorn and your drink. And let's moving. all go to the lobby. Exactly. Let's all go to the lobby. And you had this whole experience of movie going. Well, then we get into the eighties and nineties. We get outside. Of the the classic era, um, and we get now into modern era, where we have places like the Alamo Draft House and things like that, where where entertainment is no longer just consumed; it becomes an experience yeah. unto itself. I totally want us to go to to, to Rocky Horror for the the, the the Alamo. By the way, they're going to do one. And, I'm fine with that. Yeah, uh, you don't like Rocky Horror? I forget. Why don't I don't, don't grill the man. We can discuss that. Later. I will. I. I, will. No, I don't mind saying it right here. I got. I watched the movie and halfway through it, I just didn't care for it. Didn't finish it. It was a bad movie. It's a. It's a terrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's that, fun. I, I will not. I will not say it's a bad movie. I just. I will. Did not care. <laughs> as, as a as a Rocky Horror just fan, mm-hmm. I will tell you, it's a shitty movie. I mean, um, I mean it's amazing that Susan Sarandon. Still has a career. <laughs> you want I, Barry Boss or, 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 or Ben? Are you ready for me to say something that'll offend you? <laughs> oh 
okay. Buckaroo ba- Bonsai is not a good movie. No, it's not. It's, it's a, a bad movie, too. It's, obviously. It's, obviously. It's deliberately a bad movie. <laughs> That's what it's makes it trying to be a B movie. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I mean, but that's what's the, that, that is the joy of B movies. Yeah, is, that is the joy of Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, um, or like but, the Evil Dead sequels. All of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's so many of the so many of the movies. I mean, if you were to watch, um, um, Wizard of Speed and Time. Oh my God, it's not a great movie. It's a fun movie. You know, but it's very much in the '80s for when it was made. Um, you know. But we are getting way far, yeah, very see, far. But but that's, I, but that's I tried to we, warn you. Yeah. As soon as Rocky Horror is brought up, and here yeah. we are. Yeah. But we're, uh, so <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about classic movies we have seen. Let's try and get back on. Why, why don't we do this? Why don't we go back in time since we're starting with the more recent stuff? We mm-hmm. have we we already we obligatory Star Wars. We talked about that every five mm-hmm. minutes anyway. Whatever Star Wars is great. Moving on. What Jaws? Mm-hmm. We we covered that. Right. Uh, Taxi Drivers right on the cusp. That was 1970. Mm-hmm. And also right. it kind of ties into the whole thing about family having influence on your movie decisions. Yes, mm-hmm. I My brother recommended that to me. So really early and, on. And now we get to the to the fun thing. I, I halfway live up to the stereotype and halfway don't. Never seen Taxi Driver. Never seen Taxi Driver. And I'm the next. Wait, now, I'm the only person that's seen Taxi Driver? Mm-hmm. Wow. I have seen We're going to have to add that to the list. It's not for lack of desire. It just never came mm-hmm. out. just never got around to it. Yeah. But then again, I've seen The Graduate. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of classic yeah. movies that I've never seen, and it's not because I didn't want to. I just never had the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The funny thing is, my classic movies start in the 40s. Mm-hmm. And get up to maybe mid fifties before I stop having seen a lot of the classics, right? Quote unquote. I I have an ancient education. Well, see, I I grew I, up on the Marx Brothers. Yeah, I grew up on the Marx Brothers, uh, the Stooges. Yeah, uh, never Abbott. much cared for the Stooges. I watched the Stooges. But I never much cared for their comedy. They're okay. Yeah, I feel they're a little overrated. They're not Abbott and Costello, and they're not the Marx Brothers. And right. See, Abbott and Costello. I grew up with them. Abbott and Costello. Man, you get a whole new appreciation for them as an adult. Man, you do. Um, but then, yeah, I also grew up with. I grew up watching Jerry Lewis movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, can you hand me my laptop? It's down to down to your right. Good thing you found his glasses yeah, first. Do time. old? Is it not? Do the old live action Disney movies fall into that? Perhaps. Um, I, I think watched a crap ton of those. Well, yeah, I mean, there were, a lot of those were. Chitty uh, Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, uh, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Um, but yes. Broomsticks. That's a classic. Shaggy DA, The Shaggy Dog. When did this movie come Kurt out? Kurt Russell in The sh- huh. Shaggy Dog. Um, I didn't realize that movie came out in 66. What? The Russians are coming, the Russians are coming. Uh, I never saw that. <laughs> um, which I don't think any most people would call. This like snakes on a plane. It kind of says it all right there, right? I don't think many people would call it a classic movie, but it is very. It's a comedy, uh, essentially a Russian nuclear submarine crew um, gets wants to defect. No, they they or do they get lost. They run ashore in America. And are trying very hard to repair their sub and not cause an international incident. Hmm. <laughs> yes, they are there because they're a Russian spy sub. Like you are. Like when like, yeah. like, like you do. But when you work for the Soviet. Yeah. Soviet Russia. <laughs> um, but in, in, so the whole thing goes around them very comedically trying to not draw attention to themselves and failing miserably. Yeah. Until they finally repair their sub, they've won over the hearts of of, uh, 
of of the local townsfolk, and the townsfolk uh, escort them out because they mean no harm. Yeah. Because they're just they're humans, just like all of us. Right. It's a nice anti cold war. Spies. Yeah. yeah well, and no big was, deal. Well, well, but it was still a very nice anti cold war uh, thing. I mean, yeah. I get the sentiment, but that situation is ludicrous. Yes, yeah, it was. <laughs> well, I mean, it's called the Russians are coming. The Russians and are coming. If there's an American sub and it it what put a, went ashore in the Soviet Union, I don't think they'd be having like coffee with their guys. They'd be fucking shooting them. They'd be mm-hmm. shooting them, you know, in the back of the head. Well, it depends on where you land. And in Russia, that'd be a comedy. Yeah, in Russia. <laughs> yeah. In Russia, this is in Russia. Yes, that's a good point. Very, it depends very much where you want to go ashore. Yeah. 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 You, you know, yeah. Um, but then, Operation Petticoat, World War Two movie. I've not seen that. Sounds one. vaguely familiar, but I'm not. Uh, uh, it's the uh, and then you know, uh, it's a World War Two movie, submarine, a bunch of nurses. Uh, I'm listening. Sub- submarine ends up being king. <laughs> it's been. It's been. <laughs> now it was a forty. It was a, yeah. Not as not as. You had my interest. Now you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't get nearly as hinky as you think. Yeah. Uh, nearly as hinky as you so, think. So here's a classic from the '60s that I hope all of us have seen. If not, I've got a DVD of it. I will lend it to you. The Great Escape. You know, I actually have not yes. seen that yet. You've not? Okay. Steve McQueen. Oh, I'm, yeah. I, I know exactly McQueen. what it is. It's just yeah. like yeah. you guys, the taxi driver, just haven't got around to it for some reason. I got a DVD of it if you want to borrow it. Yeah. I'll take you up on this Good sometime. movie. Yeah. Good movie. And see, that was that was the thing. Is, I didn't realize that was 63. Yeah. Oh, you got the, the uh, uh, let's see, The Great Escape, um, Guns of Navarone. Uh, Where Eagles Dare. Where Eagles Dare, yeah. Jeez, uh, I just... You come across. I'm pretty sure I could actually make an entire movie or entire podcast episode of me naming classic movies I've seen. Yeah. Well, I and mean, then you get you get some of Mel Brooks' earlier movies. Mm-hmm. Blazing Saddles. Oh yeah. Blazing Saddles. That was came in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Could not be done today. Uh, Unfortunately. But it's such a good. But because so good, it was, it was such a great commentary on, on all the things that it was. You know, yeah. was I feel that's, that's more of a comment on our time than the movie because everyone's like, "Oh, I'm offended." Yeah, I'm I'm clutching my pearls constantly. Oh, yeah, clutching clutching pearls. Um, but then the yeah, uh, there's a. I just read an article about a theater that does a yearly showing of Casablanca that they're not doing this year because it's racially offensive. Ah, uh, jeez. Well, what? most of the well, yeah, most okay. When you look at it, a lot of the shows back then were because you know, I mean, I mean, a lot I mean, of we have whitewash, the context, though, right? Yeah, well, a lot of a lot of them whitewash the you know the Native Americans. This is know. like this is like the well, whole Huckleberry well, Finn are, thing. Are where it's like, oh, there's N-words in there. Don't let the kids read it. Are people mad because there's Nazis? And the black guy plays piano. I don't know. Because that's about the. Because I mean, the black guy playing piano is about the only thing I can really see that's really offensive about it. Well, yeah, him kind of acting yeah. somewhat stereotypically minstrel showy. Yeah, and I th- but I mean, but if you're playing for Nazis, you're gonna, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, but even then, he's Sam in Casablanca. Isn't, uh, you know, he's not. He's not a, a minstrel show black guy. He is a high. Cl- he's a classy yeah. piano player in a tux in in you know right. this super the, nice the uh, club. Yeah, in the club to go to. He's it's respected. like why what? Yeah. Right. But but it's, you know, there are Nazis. Yeah. 
Well, and, and we can't have Nazis, Nazis. Shit, you know. Yeah. And uh, there, there's a there's a lot to that, and I, yeah, that's the place we I don't think we want to go with this. I agree. Um, but and not yeah. just because I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> good thing you're not driving this podcast. Oh wait. Uh, <laughs> good thing I'm not driving home. Yeah, this is true. You're <laughs> yeah. Well, then uh, you would be drunk if you from yes. Neil's house. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, but, no trick to drive home from this place. But you know, watching the old Jerry Lewis movies, Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of black and white. Um, you know, and didn't Jerry Lewis do? Was it Jerry Lewis that did the original? Uh, like Nutty Professor. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes, which was a takeoff on Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and watching him go to turn into. Uh, uh, I told you I have CD. Uh, what was the guy? What was the name he did? I can't remember. But yeah, totally but he watching. was so. That I tell you what. Yeah. He was the epitome of cool. The epitome of evil cool. Yes. I mean. But cool nonetheless. If there was ever a character, uh, if, if there was ever an actor who could play, in my mind, Dr. Doom. Jerry Lewis? Jerry Lewis playing, <laughs> playing that guy. He was, he was, a, he was a cruel, cold-hearted bastard. And so he pops, pops into visibility and all of a sudden he's like, nice lady! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, because because Jerry Jerry Lewis. I mean, first of all, Buddy Love. Buddy Love. Yeah, when he played Buddy Love, oh my God, Buddy Love was a cruel bastard. He was a magnificent bastard. He was, you know, which hence you know hence I could see him playing Doctor Doom if only he could do monologuing a little better. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of Incredibles two and Fred Lathan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean he, and, and that was the thing is, is you had. You built your career back then on a certain type of role. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was what you you wanted to get pigeonholed into a certain type of, of part. Yeah. yeah, you didn't want to branch out because oh hell no, that was you know if you were if you were good at something you got you wanted to be known for that one thing. Yeah, and that which right. is why John Wayne was the same in every movie. Yeah, exactly. What was the guy's name? Sorry, I can't. He was the proto, the typical cool guy. I'm gonna say, wasn't Dean Martin? It was maybe it was Dean Martin. Well, Dean Martin was was a straight man mm-hmm. to all of James Jerry Lewis's. James Dean, thank you. James I think it was Dean. Dean. Oh yeah, yeah. Rebel without a cause. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. And giant. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Talk about people who died too. So many people who died too soon. Yep. He he made three movies. They were all really good. Yeah. And then he died. Then he died. And I'm going. Oh man. Did he die at 27? Um. 24. 24. That is. Yeah. Didn't even make the 27 club. Yeah. God damn. He was good at what he did. Uh, Mm -hmm. Hal Holbrook. Picnic. Picnic was a was another great one. Um, but Rebel Without a Cause was you know. But when you look at these movies now, the reason I think that you have a hard time bringing millennials to them mm-hmm. is because they they're are steeped in the culture that they're product doesn't make of their sense time. anymore. They're a product of their yeah. time, but they're also a product of their technology. Mm-hmm. Most millennials like high def. There mm-hmm. is a certain 
mushiness to the sound yeah. of your old movies. There was a certain you know softness or fuzziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing is you have to already be invested and willing to overlook that these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you just like randomly start watching an old movie as a younger person, you're going to be like, eh, I could be watching yeah. something much greater that looks much better and sounds much better and I have to put up with all this stuff. Yeah, and, and you're and you're <laughs> talking about a different sound, orchestral, a more orchestral sound yeah. before John Williams decided, let's turn, you know, an yeah. orchestra into one mighty instrument. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Although, um, there is, of course, I don't know where I was going with this, but, um, there's a movie that definitely had the that, that had the music behind it um, that would be considered a classic that I think feel everyone should see. Um, West Side Story. Yeah. Okay, musical. That's another yes, thing. Musical. That's, yeah, that, that's, that's another kinda, thing. Man, I, I miss I miss good musicals. The Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There you go. That's another classic right there. Every Marx Brothers movie. Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. White Christmas. Oh, other '60s stuff. Psycho was 1960. That just barely makes oh, the cut. Yeah. No oh man, no. Yeah. We're talking about how things are. Yeah, so but we're talking we about Hitchcock too. Well, just, yeah, yeah Hitchcock. I mean, Rear Window. That guy basically. Uh, Vertigo. The Midas Touch. Vertigo. Yeah. North by Northwest. Uh, yeah. Every Vertigo. other movie Strangers that Hitchcock ever fucking made. Lifeboat. <laughs> Lifeboat. I mean. Did yeah. you say Rear Window? Yes. Yeah, okay. I, said, I started with Ruben. Okay, good. That's one of the best, so, yeah. Or for that matter, just Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Right. Mm-hmm. The TV show. The Birds. <sighs> the Birds. Better than Birdemic. I think it's not really hard to, to, <laughs> to make that claim. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it just... But, again, I think what they, what they suffer from is technology and evolution. Um, the evolution of cinema, uh, but by the same token, um, these are the places where the foundations of, um, you know, that epic cut from the Defenders mm-hmm. were were built because they had to work with with oh, yeah. perspective, and, um. Jeez. When you look at this is another thing. It's kind of a it's kind of a, a commentary also uh, on the uh, on the illusion that Hollywood created without special effects. They had two sets that they would that they would film men and women on in westerns. The for men the sets were slightly smaller. To make the heroes look, look bigger, bigger than life, yeah. and where the, for the women they were slightly larger, so that the women could you know would look, you know, dainty, yeah, dainty that, and ladylike, teat. yeah, which you know that is what it is, right? But that, that's the point. Is that was the illusion? That's the the where they went to making those illusions, and they didn't have green screens. So you on some of the lots you would see these massive paintings right. of cityscapes. Yeah. You know, you go so far and then oh hey, you just ran out of you just ran out of street and that just looks like a street. Yeah. You know. You see that again yeah, yeah. cartoon that drop back top drop. <clears throat> they got yeah. they got really clever with For, their special effects. Mm, like, yeah. Darby O'Gill. 
Mm-hmm. Their leprechauns in that movie were very believable. Even watching it now, the effects are still really good. Mm-hmm. For that matter, classic movies, classic cinema, mm-hmm. leads into something. Thank you, uh, thank you, Michael. Classic shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you get the majority of the Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from they right. were the they were the they were the pre-movie short. Right. Yeah. Just like you're talking about B-roll, that was another part of it was the yeah. whole short. Yeah. You had, the, you had the newsreel, you had the short, you had the yeah. A-roll, you had the B-roll. Yeah, because the newsreel, a lot of people didn't have televisions. Yeah. So they were and, getting and the, during World War Two, radio didn't was kind of brand freaking new. Well, radio. Okay, radio was still out there, but not everybody had one. Mm-hmm. Um and. I guess you had yeah radio free uh, radio free Europe and yeah well, I mean, and radio, um, and, uh, and Murrow's uh, this is London uh, tele- broadcast right well more importantly you would have you know that's where we get uh, like the shadow and, and all the men are missing right. and all the radio plays uh, that Who was knows primary what lies in, what what lies in the hearts of men and those the were done shadows yes it was those were oh, freaking right. done live With the lost art of live foley yeah. And Which is making all the sound effects. Mm-hmm. Typically, yeah, Foley was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and I so, love Foley. <laughs> but they didn't have a lot of newscasting then. Mm-hmm. You didn't have. It wasn't until television that you really mm-hmm. got uh, news shows, except for what Murrow was doing from London. Right but then, it was funny. Edward so, R. Murrow. If you want to take a giant <laughs> leap, essentially, the newsreel, the movie theaters, is like the Reddit of their time. Oh, they, they were really they were. Multiple. That's not a perfect analogy though, because Reddit is users, but eh. well, yeah. yeah, they they were they were the news show of their time. Yeah, yeah the, this the, is the what's evening, been, the evening news of its time. Here's what's yeah. been happening in the world recently. Yeah, right. and 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 it was, so it was one of the few forms of entertainment, and people would go and they would see the same movie more than once. Yeah, you know. Um, but again, and you'd, you'd also would, you would have talk around the water cooler. So, did you see the new movie in the in the cinema this week? Right. Mm-hmm. Because right apparently now. everybody talks like this. Delivery man for Jimmy John's. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Hey Johnny, yeah. tell you about one about falling down the stairs again. No fooling. <laughs> so, another thing uh, to kind of take a different turn here. We haven't talked about any uh, aside from the shorts, any animated stuff. This is definitely one that a lot of people can put a notch in their belt. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. That was 1937. We'll forget how old that yeah. is. Yeah. The very first feature-length animated film. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get to I've seen Bambi, that. which was what... Uh, Gosh, I don't know. That was right around there, too. Yeah. You, you get all the Snow White... Um, I'm going to spill my drink this way. So this wasn't a movie, but, and also not that early, but Cinderella. when you mentioned musicals, it reminded me of... Uh, a lot of people were disappointed with the Sweeney Todd movie. I thought it was okay. Uh, I yeah. liked it. Angela Lansbury, uh, in 1982, did a stage production of it <laughs> where she played, I can't remember the name of the woman, but who... The Helena Bonham Carter character? Yes. Yeah. And, like, it, it's all on the internet. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's a thing. That's awesome. Um, this is Love It. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes, Love It. That's right. Thank you. My main problem with the Sweeney Todd movie was that Johnny Depp is a tenor. Whereas uh, Sweeney Todd is a role written for bass. I noticed that when I watched part of the stage play. Yeah. 
And, and, and there are so few leading roles for basses and low berries, it makes me mad. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, and then when you guys were talking about uh, radio dramas, it reminded me of uh, The War of the Worlds. <laughs> yeah! Yeah. And anybody who paid attention, who actually listened to it from the beginning, knew yeah. that it was yeah, yeah a and drama. It was, and it was, but, any, but, but a lot of people didn't like commercials when they listened to the radio, so as soon as they got to a commercial, they started flipping, and they got to the drama, and it was being done like a newscast, and they thought it was real. Yeah, and the thing is, is the... the, the uh, and then, of course, we watch... Uh, we watch uh, Buckner Bonsai. Turns out it was all real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 1942, by the way, Bambi. Bambi. Ah, okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, it just... And that, and, and that period never of time... never Disney. <laughs> yeah, in that period of time, that was so important to people. Mm-hmm. You know? Because it was something they could spend a nickel or a dime on that wasn't rationed. Mm, yep. Wartime mm. rationing was a thing. Um... My grandmother, you know. Uh, this allows me to show off the coolest, one of the coolest things I own um, to all gran- of our people who can see. My grandmother and grandfather uh, on my mom's side uh, would talk about that. Uh, where, and they still had some of their old ration books. And he. This is my coin collection. He uh, um, had a victory garden, you know. Um, he never got out of the habit of having a garden. Possibly the coolest thing I ever got while I worked at McDonald's. Somebody gave it to me, they thought it was a penny. And I said thank you. What is wow, it? one OPA red point. Yup. A rationing chip. That is a, that is worth a tenth of a ration stamp. For I don't know, remember exactly what that particular because the ration stamp was ten points. Yes, yeah, it's a YT point um, from the OPA, the office, the Office of Price Administration. It's a YU red point. I can't remember what they bought. This, these are actually really common. Well, and what that what that helped do was was that was changed for a ration stamp. Yeah, that would that would help regulate prices <laughs> so nobody gouged. Mm-hmm. Um, and also keep, you know, because, yeah, you... Sorry, coolest coin I own are cool. almost none. Coolest coin I own are, uh, owned were some tax, uh, tax tokens for Kansas and Missouri. Um, I ought to show off the entirety of my cool coin collection at some point to you guys. Uh, you need to, you, uh... <laughs> there were a cool lot cool of collection. Uh, I really ought to take better care of it, but yeah, there were a lot of the animated Disney movies that were pre seventies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Then, then we get to an iconic character, Popeye. Yeah. He was I made love, for World War II. Yeah, I right. loved Popeye. I was never really a big fan. Eh. He, he was. Fan. He was made for World War II. Um, some of the some of the some of the old old ones before he became all big on to spinach were very, very propaganda heavy, which meant they were very racist. Yeah. <laughs> Your sap Mr. Jap was the... Uh, One of the other really cool things I own. Uh, silver certificate? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just an old silver certificate. I got about three. Wow, that's... that's, a, that's 
Yeah, I've seen some of those or older Popeyes. My Red Seal $5 bill. I got so much cool money when I worked at McDonald's. It's about the only good thing about working for McDonald's. 1963. Yep. Actually, no. The, the okay, uh, now, the, the interesting thing about this, mm-hmm. United States note, mm-hmm. not Federal Reserve note. Yep. Um, but anyways... Um, Sorry. Yeah. I distract the podcast. Yeah, we can have money. Show and tell later. Yeah. With, with, with the modern movies, though, we have HD, we have... You know, we have instant access to so many of these things. Mm-hmm. A lot of the classic movies you're not going to find on Netflix. No, that's because you can find them on the Criterion Collections um, streaming service, which is frightfully expensive. There we go. Right. Here's another old one that, for especially for its time, had really good effects. Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. Yes. 1963. 1960. Yeah. That Stop motion, dude. Yeah, the stop motion skeletons in that were so well done. Yeah, even, and even that was a that was a, uh, Harryhausen. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, who was known primarily for really bad movies up to that point, if I'm and, remembering right. Uh, when was the first the original Clash of the Titans? Uh, that was seventies. That was seventies or eighties. 81. 81, yeah, that because that one won Academy Award. Uh, was it... Uh, uh, it was 2010, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really? Meredith, Burgess, Meredith Burgess won, uh, I think... Uh, yes, Burgess I'm just, I'm being, won an Academy I'm being Award silly. Because, you know, 2010, Liam Neeson is a Zeus. <laughs> Unleash <Yeah>. the Kraken. <laughs> yeah, when did Zeus get it? Scottish accent, but it's, um, it's supposed to be Irish, but uh, yeah. whatever. Irish, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the original that one also had a lot of stop motion in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Virtually every, or yeah, everything he fought. Mm-hmm. And the main villain, for up close shots, it was a guy in makeup, and every wide shot was stop motion. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, the Kraken. The Kraken, the Medusa, mm-hmm. the Harpies. Well, then you had all the old Sinbad films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like, I mentioned those, the, the Marvelous Voyages of Sinbad, the Rock. Mm-hmm. Not, not R-O-C-K, R-O-C. Yeah. <laughs> and and these, are, these are, you know, but when you, when you hold one of those up to even something that someone can do on the internet, the quality is different. Um, and I think also in the 80s was when we started getting the horror movies, the, the gore movies. Mm-hmm. Because prior to that, horror movies... <laughs> Not really. Um, Sorry for the crash, everybody. I'll try to edit it out, but I will fail. Um, horror movies were about, you know, you had the Wolfman and Dracula and... Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and Abbott and Costello about, meet the meet Dracula on Mars. It was more about this the scary creature and less about jump scares and grossing you out with right. gore. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because yeah, a lot of a lot of the most frightening part was things you couldn't even see, but you knew were there. Yeah, and they did a lot with music and a lot of that with with setting and lighting and and, and things like that. But then we get into I don't know. Nightmare I, on Elm Street. Ah, 
Nightmare Sorry about Street, that, everybody. Which was as as it goes, pretty darn good. Yeah, uh, but, no, but, it's a good but that's for October. Of, huh? You talk about those in October. Yeah, but it's a good example of what he's talking about, where they started using a a lot more gore and a lot Mm -hmm. less. Yeah. Right. And millennials tend to lean towards horror more than Gen X. I never liked horror movies. I'm gonna be so useless during our horror horror movie episode because I've watched. I'm gonna uh, consider that our comedy episodes. Yeah, because yeah. most horror movies are funny to me. I'm yeah. I'm picky when it comes to horror. I I've watched uh, like fuck all. I've yeah. Um, that's well, why we're. That's why I'm bringing in a ringer. <laughs> right. Well, I well, prefer psychological horror to straight up like. Have you talked to stuff. him about it? Uh, yeah, I floated the idea past him. He seems amenable. I just need to. Okay. Pick a date mostly. Um, so, but with you know with something like that, I mean, <clears throat> you start with Friday the Thirteenth, mm-hmm. which. Oh, classic. It's set the formula. But I think later, uh, you know, you have your you have your isolated situation, your you know, teens far from far mm-hmm. from authority, um, you know, and then you have the, the moral moral um, commentary. But yeah. what Because who dies first? The one with the beer or the one who just had sex? Right? And or both. Or both. Or both. Yeah, it's the or the yeah, green taught us anything, right? And who survives? The Virgin Girl. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I think it's a such lot, a trope. <laughs> I think the thing that a lot of uh, a lot of what missed in the later ones mm-hmm. that Friday the Thirteenth got right, at least the first one, was what the writer called the prior evil. Mm-hmm. You know the the tragic event that started it all. Jason's mom. Jason. Well, with da- with that, it was the allow the campers allowing Jason to die. Mm-hmm. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street got it right mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, with Freddy's death. Although Freddy had it come. Wasn't he a pedophile or something? Yes, he was. It depends on which version of the story you go with because it's never officially stated if he was. Right. When he was accused. Oh. And never officially like never he was accused, and the parents just assumed. So it may have just been a lynch mob, essentially. Yeah. So they yeah, were, the, the kids said he was. The kids said Freddie touched us, and so parents burned him alive. Right. Which is why he became the vengeful spirit that he was because well, he was wrongfully mm-hmm. killed, supposedly. Right. I mean, in, in, well, you do have to keep in mind it is canon that his mother was a nun who got raped by demons. Yes. Yeah. Son of a thousand maniacs. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah. This is what I was thinking was going to happen. <laughs> We're going wildly off the rails here. Right. Yeah, no, I this, thought, is, this is... Well, this we is only what... got about ten minutes left. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I, wanna, I do want to cut you off, Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought we would do just about ten minutes of active refutation and we can just throw out classic movies we have seen, and everyone will be like, yeah, seen it, or no, mm-hmm. haven't. Okay. Um, um, so, uh, Great Escape. I've seen it. Ben's seen it. Wookie, have you? A long time ago. And I just, gave, I just handed the DVD to Ben. It's over to Michael. <laughs> um, when did 2001 Space Odyssey come out? <coughs> uh, uh, I want to say 71. Okay. I've seen that, actually. And I've seen portions of it. Kind of boring. I thought it was incredibly dull when I was watching it. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the whole how computer thing. That was one of the best bits for me. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I mean, eh. It was a solid eh for um, me. So here's one I haven't seen, but I'm curious how many of you have. On the waterfront. 
No, but I've, I've heard, I am aware of it. I've heard good things. Saw it on a countdown. Okay, that's impressive. None of us have seen it on the waterfront. Oh, wow. Scarface. Oh, yeah. yes. Wait, oh, original Scarface. Yeah. Like old school Scarface. Mm. Al Pacino. Al Pacino yeah. Scarface. Say hello oh, to my evil friend. Oh, I thought you meant um, like. Okay. No, I'm pretty sure there is a Scarface yes before and no, Pacino probably. Scarface. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. I was too young to appreciate it. Only ever seen it in, 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 uh, on TV? That's no, me no, in the Godfather I, movies. Um, uh, I've seen all the Godfather movies, but I've seen none of them in, uh, none of them uncut. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay. Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Seen it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Streetcar Named Desire. Yes. 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 Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird. Yes. 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 So good. Excellent. Saw that in school when we read the book. Um, we watched it in school too, but that was because I had I was taking AP English three, and Miss Vogel was awesome. Um, wow, we saw that as part of, of regular. English. It was not. This was also the, this was also the class where I watched The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, mm. because we had taken the AP the AP test and had nothing to do but eat cake and paint the walls and watch movies. Right. Okay. So uh, next, <laughs> next movie. Um, Gone with Wind. Seen it? Still haven't seen it all the way through. Yeah, tried to. Uh, Wizard of Oz. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, who hasn't? Have what? you watched it synced to Dark Side of the Moon? I, I almost, on no. principle, I, I have. I it's don't. really good. Have you seen <laughs> the sort of sequel, uh, Re- the Return to Oz? <laughs> I've seen it. It sounds terrible. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's nightmare fuelerific. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's almost worse in a way. It will give you the uh, so many bad dreams forever. The um, um, antagonist has a collection of heads. So, like, you know, when a woman says, "I'm going to go put my face on," this woman literally puts her head on. Wow. Mm-hmm. She picks a different head for however she's feeling that day. Um, Twelve Angry Men. Seen it? Seen it. Yes, seen it. It's great. Uh, Duck Soup. That one's cool. I've not seen it. I've heard of it. have not seen Mark's it. Brothers movie, probably their best. Yeah. Okay, I may have seen it. Thing. I've seen a lot of them. It's the um, one where he takes over for a country, the, the country of Fredonia. If not, we should watch it. I own it. Um, Doctor Strangelove. Doctor Strangelove. Seen it? Doctor Strangelove or Howard Stop Working. Longest titles ever. Yeah. Where Eagles Dare. Wheels there, guns in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think big red one, big red one. Now that was actually that Mark Hamill was in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of the one. One flew over the cougar's nest. Oh yeah, the that's great. Nest. I've only seen pieces of it actually. Uh, Easy Rider. Never seen it. Nope, I haven't seen that one yet. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh yeah, seen it. It's amazing. For that matter, any any of the spaghetti western. And for those who haven't seen the good, bad, Sergio Marcone. I think it's worth mentioning that the good, bad, and the ugly is the origin, I believe, the of that iconic music that. I can't remember the name of it. I actually watched one of John Wayne's movies for the first time not too long ago. Was it Talk? No, it was, I think it was... True Grit? It was his his last, if not one of his last. Shootist. Um, the Shootist, is, I no, think, was his last one. Where he's training a bunch of young boys to be... Uh, Soldiers? Uh, oh, I don't know. Ranchers, basically. I know the one you're referring to, I just can't not think of the real name. Bravo. Like, I think he died shortly after making the movie. Well, let's take a look. Uh, it might have been just called Cowboys. Something like that. I thought The Shootist was his last movie, though. I think that's right. I think she I'm was looking at his filmography. Bear with me for a second. 
While he's looking that up, Cool Hand Luke. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Butch Cassidy and, and the Sundance Sun Kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The let's see. These are television, aren't they? Yes. And these are all westerns. Uh, you know, of course, the original Magnificent Seven. Right. Never Hell saw yes. it. I actually have not so, seen the original. For that matter. Seven, Seven Samurai. Samurai. Yeah, original, original. Yeah. <laughs> 57, by His the way. last movie, by the way, was apparently Hondo. Huh. Really? Okay. In 1967, at least if I'm reading this right. Um, what? No. No, that's producer. Sorry. <laughs> that was as a producer. Slang. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> what, Wikipedia has his, has his filmography all over the freaking place. Oh, another uh, another lob, another easy one, I think, that we've all seen. Um, Rooster Cogburn. The last movie he appeared in as a person, The Shootist. He was a voice in Star Wars. What voice was he in Star Wars? He was the Garandan, or a Garandan. G-A-R-I-N-D-A-N. What the hell is that? Yeah. Something at the cantina, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Uh, let's see. The Garandin. Um, yeah, he was one of the, He was the... He was the dude with the long nose, with yeah. the elephant nose, talking to the start... To the... To the... Uh, to the desert troopers. That reminded me of the shy guy from yeah. my brothers. <laughs> and was apparently voiced by John Wayne. That's so random. Garden was actually his name. He was a male Kubaz informant. Yeah, Kubaz. Yeah, because it was like... like, And that was John Wayne, everybody. Wow. Um, Okay. (laughs) What I was going to get to is It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or for that matter, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Actually, have not seen... Oh, then we get into the... Then we get into the... uh, It was called uh, The Cowboys. The Cowboys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we get into uh, that wasn't even close to his last movie. Oh, he made another movie that year. Uh, eh, whatever. Uh, sorry. Okay. Uh, Arsenic and Old Lace. Arsenic and Old Lace. Murder on the Orient Express. Marianne, I've not actually ever seen Murder on the Orient Express unless you count the Doctor Who episode. Um. No. Um. Oh. You know. <laughs> the old Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yes. Old, um, the old black and white Sherlock Holmes movies. And, and just about any Jimmy Stewart movie. Oh, yeah. no, this is <laughs> Harvey. Har- Harvey, yeah. I didn't realize oh, that Night of the Living Dead qualifies. That's 1968. Yeah? yeah um, I guess. Uh, goodness. Um, that, that movie bugged the crap out of me. I just showed a clip of it to my sister where the zombies are just there. They've got bone and they're just eating meat off of it yeah and just, and just it's it's not like just like in movies now and shows now where it just shows it for a second and then it goes away it just focuses for a while and lingers on it yeah. yeah well that's because before he went crazy he was that guy was a visionary Romero <laughs> yeah okay uh, the early James Bond film the, the original Casino Royale I've not seen that one. The the Connery James Bond films mm-hmm. were in the sixties. Yes, they were. Um, well, the first one and they were was one Doctor of the f- No. Doctor No, yeah. And Goldfinger was sixty four. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my God. Goldfinger. <laughs> I have seen every Bond movie. 
My friend Nathan uh, once did a kill versus uh, versus bed count. <laughs> oh yeah. He he went through and tabulated for each movie the number of times the number of people Bond killed and the number of times he had sex. What's the, well, which, okay, which one went out? I can't remember. It's the, kill, the kill count because he usually gets there's the random lay at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's the tragic lay in the middle. And the victorious lay at the end. The victorious lay at the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, God, they really they carried that tradition pretty much into the present. Yeah, yeah. I accept, yeah because in, in the beginning, he always seduces some random chick. Mm-hmm. Um, midway through, he's he seduces the, chick. the Bond girl. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't seduce the Bond girl. Uh, he seduces the girl who dies. And then seduces the Bond girl, mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. yeah so it's 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 randomly, tragically, and then victoriously the way I the way I see it. Uh, we could do an episode on James Bond. We probably we should. Have probably point. should. You know, any uh, in any case, uh, other movies. Wookie, you haven't mentioned any. I've mentioned most of the ones that I remember seeing. Oh, God, I'm actually so Starman. I don't know when this, remember this was made, but Starman. Eighties. Uh, Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. here's a classic movie that I regret not seeing, and I'm wondering if anyone else has, because it's considered to be the greatest movie of all time. Citizen Have King. any of us watched Citizen Kane? Never seen nope. it all the way through. Not all the way through. You really ought to put that on the list. Now, there was one that I watched. Um, <laughs> we call ourselves that, movie fans, and yeah. none of us have seen Citizen Kane. There's one that I watched that I, I think should classify Papillon. Okay, I can see that. Ben Hur is another mm-hmm. one. The Ben Hur. Yeah. I've seen the what? Ben the Hur and the Robe. The Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. Lawrence of Arabia. Cleopatra. Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. Seen Cleopatra. I've the never original seen Planet Wars. of the Apes. Oh, see. Oh yeah. Seen yeah all I, saw, I saw all those movies. Yeah. Of course, the first one's pretty much the only one worth watching, but yeah. still. Yeah. Um, um, and 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 seeing Roddy McDowell in. In uh, when he went on the Carol Burnett show, mm-hmm. uh, in full makeup, was kind of hilarious. You're running low on time. Anybody else got anything else they want to throw out? Uh, again, not as old, but the last Starfighter, one of my favorite. Oh, yeah. oh god, one movie. that one that could not be redone today. Yeah, it just it couldn't be redone unless you unless you set it back in its own time. Oh, you could you could still do the last Starfighter or last Starfighter. Um, but You're really good at Halo. We're gonna put you in the middle of this war. Well, yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> well, they would, did that you would have Stargate it universe. Yeah, you would have it based off of esports. Yeah. Um, Last Starfighter, by the way, was '84, so way outside of quote, yeah. classic films. Yeah. Unquote. Right. But it's really it's funny. Movie. Is is to refute this article? Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody have that article up? I did, but my phone is misbehaving. So give me a second. Okay. Because if you look at the list. Mm-hmm. Of films that millennials are likely to have watched, yeah, and people over, people over fifty, it's practically the same goddamn list. It's the right. same freaking thing. So my refutation, my refuting here is: it's not that they're they're uh, that they don't appreciate them; they haven't seen them, or it's that they have seen them, but they've seen. But they're like us, and they've seen about seven billion other movies, and they've seen it in a different context. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that one where John Wayne 
gets into a fight in a big mud pit. Right. You know, just like one of the most famous scenes from McClintock. Right. Right. Um, But if you haven't, but if it's been, you know, a long time since you've seen McClintock. Right. They say the, the title of the article was Millennials Don't Really Care About Classic Movies. I think that is flat wrong. And well, it's probably, I mean, to an extent, it's just clickbait. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, it goes into, like you said, they just haven't seen it. It's not that mm-hmm. once they see it, they don't enjoy it, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Or that they actively avoid it. Right. And right. the flip side of that could also be said. Um, a lot of older people don't care for a lot of the newer movies. They do, to be fair, they do yeah. acknowledge that in the article. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and again, I, I think my, my, my closing thought on this... Um, NASA is apparently a different website, so I'm going to find out who wrote this article and and yell at them. Um, Okay, so prior to a certain point... Also, I should point out... Sorry. Spit it out. Their their survey was 1,000 millennials and 1,000 people over 50. That's not a very big sample size. No, it's it's not a very scientific sample size. Uh, It's not not a very scientific sample because things... uh, Too many variables. Okay, but... For people like me, I grew up without the same level of access. Mm-hmm. You watched what was on. You watched what was at the theater. Um, mm-hmm. You know, seven o'clock. It was time to watch the movie of the week. Um, you know, or, or and and you you had to rely on your TV guide to tell you what was on. Um, now you know. Then we get to cable, and you were still relying on what was scheduled. Mm-hmm. Now, and maybe what you had recorded on VHS. On VHS, yeah, and then, yeah, we got the, the VHS. original piracy. Yeah, VHS. <laughs> you know, well, that you know, uh, yeah, cassette tapes, and and uh, yeah, on the radio, uh, your mixtapes <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, but now it's you don't have to watch just what's on. Yeah, right. It's literally called on demand. It's well, really yeah, yeah, well, and if if I wanted right now. To watch the Game of Thrones finale, I could. It's right. out there somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if I want to go back and, and watch you have the... HBO Go, it's even out there legally. Yeah. No, oh, Amazon does piecemeal stuff. Yeah. I don't know if they have a deal with HBO or not, but uh, they... Hulu does. Okay. Hulu, yeah, Hulu will do. You can get okay, HBO on Hulu for I want to say like fifteen a month. Yeah. Fifteen extra a month. Yeah. That is, so it seems a little. So it's it's a situation of it's a situation of you're not waiting on the movie. The movie waits on you. Yeah, right. So it is really more choice-driven right. by the viewer. And this goes back to something that has made my entire career, the democratization of content. Mm-hmm. I can make a show like Stranger Things funky as all hell... And when people will watch it. There will be people who will binge watch that Because shit. you no longer have... Because you can actually make for the niche mm-hmm. now, as opposed to... Because the niche can get to it, and you're mm-hmm. not having to try to appeal to 15 million people at the same time. Yeah. A lot less gatekeepers. Exactly. Well, the, 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 the audience is now the gatekeeper. Right. 
You know, and that's what I'm talking. That's that's why why I I use that term, the democratization of content. Yeah. Your your gatekeeping is no longer handled by your select few. It is the audience. And ninety five times out of hundred, that's fantastic. And then you know you have Adam Sandler Netflix movies. Well, because the greater public are mouth breathers (laughs) and have bad taste in things. I will refute that. (laughs) I will refute that and say ninety five percent of what's out there is crap. Uh, well, that's just a general rule, anyway. Yeah, but when you have, but that other five percent, and the other five percent ain't worth watching. So, uh, but for for as 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 a writer, but then you have what you end up having is what we are seeing with the current Star Wars, the current Doctor Who. You have fans that become that mm-hmm. end up in charge, yep. as opposed to executives. Man, I'm looking forward to the new Doctor. Yeah, she's sure. going to be interesting. Yep. You need to do a Doctor Who episode around Christmas for the Christmas special and a look back on Capaldi. Right. Okay, uh, any any poignant final thoughts from you? Yeah, I've done mine. Or just regular final thoughts, those work too. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you're shaking your head, you got something? Say some, spit it out, man. Spit it out. Come on, talk. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> you're hysterical. If you have access, watch stuff. Oh, yes. Make your own opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. My yeah, that, that was roughly what I was going to say too, which is, <laughs> um, a lot of old movies really deserve to be watched. Um, yeah, a lot of mm-hmm. people spend so much time going through Netflix saying I can't find something to watch, and plenty of people have heard of these old movies. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, people talk about them for a reason. Give them yeah. a try. Yeah. Yes, the graphical fidelity may not be as crisp and clear as you might like. Yes, the audio fidelity might be a little muffled. Hell, in some movies, there's a little literal cut where where a piece of the original reel melted, and there's like a second and a half that's just missing. Mm-hmm. Watch them anyway. The original Doctor Who's are like that. Yeah, um, because they're good. There's a reason everyone talks about them, and two, they're an important part of film history. Um, and, um, for better or for worse, history is remembered a lot by the media that is created around, uh, during that time. Right. It is important to experience things that are older or, oh, you know, or not as good looking or what have you because it's where we came from. And that gets into a whole different level of history. Yep. Um, but you might. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I echo your sentiments, definitely. Um, uh, I think it's kind of a hodgepodge of your thoughts, really, is my, my final thought, which is just, you know, um, <clears throat> use the technology and tools that you have available to you. Even if you have almost no money, you can find things for pennies on the dollar. There, Heck, there's even just apps, I mean, if you want to, roll TV into it as well as films there's apps like the CW app for example it's just free you've got an internet connection Mm -hmm. you've got it for free and you've got all kinds of stuff and some of that stuff does Mm -hmm. include older movies too and Mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of this mm -hmm. older stuff the library yes the library too the library will have it It speaking of actually and and by the way go to your your local library Uh, especially if if you're in New York your library card gets you access to a giant streaming library of primarily old classic movies and serials 
and newsreels and things and, and old like classic archival stuff. Yeah. Along with a lot of movies, most uh, including most of the Criterion Collection, which uh, for people I keep I mentioned it a couple times. The Criterion Collection is a group of movies that uh, that is is a, is a bunch of movies that the Criterion Group has determined are important and influential are, are important historical artifacts essentially right. and have dedicated themselves to the preservation thereof. It's like a library of Congress kind and of And it also has um, tiny furniture in it for some reason. <laughs> There's a movie called Tiny Furniture which really didn't deserve to be in Criterion Collection but whatever, screw it. <clears throat> that was nepotism. So, my, my last thought. When we have, one thing that we've been mentioning is that so much of this is accessible. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I write for a living because of that. If you like film, you know, make make a film. Make it. Yeah. If you if you want to do something, don't stand around saying I've always wanted to do this. Get out do and it. do it. Get out and do it. To quote Shia LaBeouf, do it. <laughs> well, and, and 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 do it and do it badly. Because you'll get better, and then you know, watch Ira Glass's thing on on uh, you know on the on the taste gap. Um, listen to the fir- to our first episode, and then listen to this one. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um. So. God. Yeah, we. I really want to recut all our old episodes. <laughs> yeah, we are in an age where creativity has so many more ways of being expressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, go back to the original go out premise. And be creative. The, mm-hmm. the original premise of the you know well the whole episode, the article and everything. I think the other thing I like to add to my final thought there is not just you know use what you have and you know affordability and access and blah blah blah. I would also like to point out you know um, find what you're interested in, find something new for the sake of finding something new. Do whatever you want to do. Don't be told what's important, what's not, mm-hmm. what's good, what's find not. Find your joy. Yeah, I mean, don't because there's there's so much you know, just like any other hobby, you know, there there's uh, you know there's clicks and pretentious BS and everything. It's just find what interests you, learn something new, be entertained, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, just you know, find what uh, f- you know, just try to find something for the sake of finding it, or try to you know just enjoy something because you want to do that. Because oh, you know, uh, this is supposedly the greatest movie ever or this is you know this is what everyone you know has seen or whatever just you know kind of you know challenge yourself to so find take our know. advice or don't take our advice is what your is what your advice if you want to get very meta with it sure <laughs> <laughs> all right well we've gone over time which seems to be our want these days um next week we will talk about something i don't know what yet hmm? we're rebels we don't worry about time <laughs> some of us have causes some of us don't <laughs> um, but next week we will talk about something else. This has been Neil, Mike, the one true Ben, and Wookie. And next week on Geek Phantology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter U and the number 20. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. Interstitial this week is The Show Must Be Go, also by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. We read all of them. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us either by donating at our website or on Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. Here's looking at you, kid.